0: Welcome to the Kevin and Phillip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Phillip.
1: Here we are, season two, episode number two to begin we want to thank our sponsor for the podcast Rustin Leonard over at Thrivent Financial. Yes, he's agreed to sponsor us again. All right. So, so yeah, he uh you know, he's he's a good guy. I've said this before on on many of our podcasts, but uh you know, if you have an opportunity and, and need some financial advice, please feel free to uh Go see him. Um, he, I, I promise you he's going to have everybody in your family and you and your best interests in mind uh, with any need advice to he We get on here. Right? We are. We
2: need to get him on here and talk to it and go into a little more detail because hearing what uh, I hear now about Thriving Financial it's a little different system than yep. everybody else. And so we're, we're yep. excited to get him on here and let him talk a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. Here in the next couple of weeks, I've talked to him about that. He's agreed to, to come on here and tell us a little bit about the organization and, and what they do outside of the uh, investing. He obviously, he can't come on here and give financial advice. Everybody's situation's a little bit different, but yeah, he's going to come on in here in a few weeks and talk to us about what the, what the organization does. So thanks to Rustin again for, for helping us out. And uh, you can always give him a call at 785 or you can go to our Facebook page, and and you'll see some links to to his site from there. And uh, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but he's given, given me some swag to give away. So when we uh, hit the road again with the show, we will have some of that to give away. So if you come visit us while we're recording one of our remote podcasts, and, and we'll try to get you guys... Uh, locations and times as as soon as we can so that uh, if you want to plan on coming out there and and listening to us have a couple drinks with us maybe jump on the podcast if you have something insightful or smart to say and get you some thriving financial swag
2: and all of you can jump on with us when we're out live and make picks as good as me and kevin made picks in the last couple of weeks (laughs) yeah yeah we'll get to that we've been razzed a little bit we've been razzed a little bit about that but uh Hey, picking games is tough. Whenever you have no preseason, you have no early practice. You just don't know what you're going to get. I was seeing yet tomorrow. I think does a TCU play Baylor Saturday, right? Yes, that? that's correct. And neither team's played yet. That's correct. So, wow. for a guy out in Vegas trying to set a spread, it is a total crapshoot. Total crapshoot.
1: Well, and TCU lost their starting quarterback yep. here at the beginning of fall practice. With the, I mean, he's never going to play football again. So yeah. yeah. That's, that'll be fun to, to try to handicap that one.
2: We were looking at, uh, and I think this goes back to the same thing, as these no preseason. Probably conditioning is not the same, but just in this NFL this past Sunday, the amount of yeah. injuries that piled yep. up in one day, you just think it's got to be because of the lack of um, preseason workouts yep. and that, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, there you can keep yourself in shape. There's a difference between being in shape and being in game shape for sure. So. Yeah well since the last podcast uh, we had a golf tournament Phil and I played in together uh, with Paul if you remember he was one of our he was our first guest on first the podcast um, sponsored the team for us and we actually did better than we thought we were going to yep. do we were just hoping to to break par and we put ourselves firmly at the very bottom of the championship flight in that <laughs> tournament so had a I think we had one know. or two eagles and it was a good day nobody I got a fight
2: think, uh, that we used two of my shots that day.
1: The whole day. Oh. The whole day. I, I remember a couple putts. Yeah, maybe. Surely we had more than that. So. Mine. You
2: might have used yeah. quite a few of yours, but not many of mine. We played with um, Brandon Smith. Yep, Brandon. And uh, if you've never heard Brandon play the guitar and sing a little for you, he plays around locally yep. at some of the uh, bars out at um.
1: He San plays at Sandstone Yep, I've seen it at Paramount. And, and yep. he'll do
2: some private shows for you. But anyway, he played with us, basically carried us, um, but his uh, – His music's pretty entertaining. I felt like I
1: played pretty good. I think you did too.
2: (laughs) I played about like I usually play.
1: Well, tell us what you're drinking tonight while we record this podcast. uh, Just
2: something to keep the stomach acids churning a Bud Light Chalada. And, uh,. Very exotic drink. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it. Yeah, watch a lot. <laughs> well, it's a little more exotic
1: than the Michelob Ultra that you're usually <laughs> yeah, drinking. Yes. So,
2: what's uh, what have you got there?
1: I've got an interesting one from your home state, from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It says bomb uh, on the back of it's it. It's from Prairie Arts and Ales in Oklahoma City. They call it the Prairie Bomb. So, Prairie Bomb. I- I'll tell you two Brewed things. Brewed
2: in Oklahoma City. Yep.
1: Well, it might be a little bit outside of Oklahoma City, but they got a place there in Oklahoma City where I get this, and I think Brooks actually carries this. Okay. This this uh, brewery's or uh, beers but this is 12 percent alcohol so oh double word. over your normal beer but let me let me read this it's an imperial stout aged on coffee cacao nibs vanilla beans and chili peppers it's a very interesting beer so does it have a
2: kick to it, it at it tastes
1: a little bit chocolatey and when you first start drinking it you get a little bit of the chocolate in the coffee and then you just get this little burn in the back of your throat from the chili peppers. It's, a, it's, it's probably an interesting a
2: high-carb drink, so I'm, gonna I'm not going to look at the I'm nutritional a low information. Carb. I'm a
1: low-carb guy. So, hey, we saw this week a new announcement. Hairball is coming back to town on November 7th at the Tony Pizza Event Center. How many times have you seen Hairball in the past? I think I've been three. I've been to two, and I'm
2: telling you, it is like going to a Kiss concert or a... You name it, it Motley is, Crue it is concert, a good one. A, those guys are good. Um, come out and basically fake um, everybody. Say, say fake so everybody. So 80s, yeah. Sammy Hager. Yep. Um
1: Oh, it's uh, there's th-
2: one that just blew me away. He was so good. Oh, they were super good at uh, Ozzy
1: Osbourne. Yep. Even walk out yep. there
2: and, and talk like Ozzy. Yep. Um, they're they're just it's a tremendous show.
1: Yep. If you've never been to Hairball, what they do is they have the same band. And they have, I think, three lead singers. And so one lead singer will come out as Ozzy Osbourne and sing two or three songs as Ozzy. Then he will leave the stage, and somebody else will come out as Axl Rose and they'll sing Guns N' Roses. And they rotate. There's Prince, there's Queen, there's Journey, there's Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. I hey, mean, when it, they got to ACDC the last time I was there, I thought I was at an ACDC oh, concert. Yep. They were Kiss. so good yep. at ACDC. Yep. No, it's great pyrotechnics. It's a great show. Um, I promise you. So we, I bought tickets today. I bought an entire section today. I bought twenty-seven it's in November? tickets. November, November seventh. Yep. Are, so, are you hoping that we've, we're okay by November seventh? They're, they're doing social distancing from the seats. So um, I went in there and talked to uh, to Meredith at the box office and. I said, this is the first time I've ever bought an entire section of tickets. And she said that she's been there a long time and said that's the first time she's ever sold an entire section of tickets. So we've All got right. a group of Hope 27 got a going. Uh, Have you got 27 already lined yep, up? Yep. So I will tell you, if you haven't been there and you're available that night, that's the best $27 you will spend this year it is to truth. go see it. I think you can get cheaper tickets actually up on top. So It's
2: in the Tony's Event Center. It's probably the best concert I've ever seen in the Tony's Event Center, unless... I still really like Darius Rucker when he was there. Yep. He was, well. Yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. Or whatever. Yep. Got a little Hootie and some Darius. <laughs> yep, he does not. Yeah.
1: So another big announcement I just saw today on Facebook. One of Phil and I's great shows uh, that we really enjoy. Somebody feed Phil, it, and not Phil, as in Phil here, but the uh, Phil. What's his Roth? Rosenthal, Rosenthal, right. So he he was behind some. Uh, Everybody he, he loves everyone, Raymond. He was and, the
2: main writer on Everybody Loves yep. Raymond, and his uh, his wife was Raymond's brother's um, wife on the show. Is yep. his wife, and uh, her name's Amy Rosenthal. But she they, they are absolutely. He does some of the best food shows that you'll ever see. If you've never watched it, just pull up Somebody Feed Phil. He travels it's the world on rural, Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, and me and Kevin's never talked about it. Kevin nope. didn't realize I liked it so much, and I didn't realize that Kevin had liked it so much when we were talking some about food. But I'll tell you, Lisa has uh, watched shows and got on the uh, immediately got on um, the uh, website to book a trip. Yep, immediately. She yep. Said, oh my God, I want to go there because he was he went to Bangkok, he went to Lisbon, he went to all over Asia, and then of course he's traveled North America as well. Yep from Montreal to Mexico City.
1: Um, great show. It is a very good show and and the funny part is he's kind of a I, I don't he's know quirky. if it, yeah, if introverts <laughs> not a right word but he's a little quirky yeah, but his his reactions and his facial expressions that when he tries something new is hilarious. Yeah. I love watching his his raw reaction to what he's what he's getting to experience.
2: He's he's a he does have a way about him, but they, but you end up liking him. Oh, he's always yeah. got that sort of strange yep. way about him.
1: Yep. So one other thing before we get to our story of the week, I saw today just because this kind of relates to our previous podcast, but I saw it said "Happy six month anniversary to quote fourteen days to flatten the curve." So that was six months ago when that all started coming yep. out. It's crazy where we are, at and we year, we are six setting, months later.
2: We're setting everywhere we go still face masking, which I absolutely hate but if we go into the football game tonight i just went to a seventh grade football game we we're wearing the mask trying to do our part most 99 percent of the people there were yet the outbreaks are up yep so i don't know that you can strongly say that the mask is doing its job
1: i i just i don't know yeah it's hard i mean it's it's probably better than nothing but i don't i don't know that it's got the results that everybody expected it would get yeah. so well, hey, let's go on to the story of the week, Phil. I'll let you go first with your uh, story of the week that just came out recently.
2: Well, it's, 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 it's a funny thing because I, I heard that the coach for the Chargers said, we're still in full support of our doctor. Nothing did nothing wrong. But this is something I've never heard of before. Never. On the sideline pregame, Chargers were playing the Chiefs the other night. Well, they ended up playing with their backup quarterback because their starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, was sent to the emergency room because he was getting a pregame injection to uh, to address a rib injury. And evidently, they put the needle in so deep that they punctured his lungs. And, I have th- and they never said heard that this. this they, I've never before. heard this happening before. And the guys uh, – and I actually read the article today that came out from the coach and said the, the doctor that did it is a well-respected – everybody, you know, we're not going to hold it against him. Tyrod's not mad at him. Everybody just said it's a normal thing. Like it's a normal (laughs) thing. That is not normal. I've never heard of anybody having their lungs collapsed on the sideline by the team
1: doctor. I hope his malpractice insurance is up to date. Oh, my goodness. It
2: it gives me a little bit of insight to professional football that if guys have got little nicks and scrapes and some things that are sore pregame, believe me, they're playing on pain drugs. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to get a little bit more into this later, but that still tells you that there's such a double standard. It, they're they'll they're against it until game time game time yeah. comes get her done there's no Boys. way
1: with the the violent hits with the physical condition that those guys are in yep. there's no way for you to play a 16 week season without being injured pain, and and being pain on pain management. meds i mean it's it it's it, obviously you know you've heard about all the addiction stuff that they go through i mean there's you know those guys are on that stuff all the time yep have to be
2: and then spend the rest of their lives on it. But but yep. for me, uh, very, for me, it's an interesting story of the week because it is something that I've never – I can't imagine the size of needle. needle. You know, I'm a diabetic, so I use needles quite a bit. My needle would not reach my lungs. I don't know <laughs> what kind of needle they yeah. were sticking in this poor guy <laughs> yeah.
1: prior to the game. But Well, my guess is we have not heard the end of this story oh, yet. Oh,
2: so. man, it's funny.
1: All right. All right. Do you have a story of the week? I do have a story of the week. And we're going to file this one under the oh, hell no category. (laughs) So I was reading, this is actually probably a month ago that I saw this. um, But uh, I thought it was interesting. I've been hanging on to this until uh, we get fitted into one of our podcasts. But I guess after that initial hurricane that hit Louisiana here about a month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah. So there's these huge mosquito swarms flying around. So big that they will all land on a horse or a cow at the same time and literally suck every drop of blood out of that that animal until it dies. Could you imagine the I'm, size I'm, I'm, of a mosquito swarm that would be able to do that? And I'm being caught sitting here that? trying
2: to imagine, because my mom used to take me walking with her when we were little because mosquitoes would leave everybody else alone and just get me. And I'd come back with swells all over me. I can't imagine if I was alone down in the forest. I could have been one of those
1: suckers that is dead. So forget. That is unbelievable. Houses being flooded, cars being flooded. Don't leave your children kind of outside. Stuff. Holy Good Lord, they kill a kid. I can't even imagine what that I would even, look like.
2: I haven't seen that story, and it's very hard for me to believe. It'd be like one of those anchovy swar- swarms that they get out in the ocean.
1: My Lord. it darken the night
2: sky with yeah. mosquitoes flying. Oh, over. that'd
1: be crazy. <laughs> no, I, I don't know or that hey, I could run ain't that fast. Darken the day sky. Usually the night sky is dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so one of the topics we want to talk about here today, we're going to get into some of our football predictions and uh, both last week and, and this upcoming week here in a little bit. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the situation right now with Salina Public Schools. And for those of you out there that don't know, I'm guessing that'd be our listeners that aren't in Salina. Just to kind of set the scene a little bit. So here in Salina, we're doing what they're calling a hybrid model. So there's cohort A in the school, which goes to—and this is only middle school and high school because elementary schools are now going full-time. But there's cohort A that is in class Monday, Tuesday, and then they're remote Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then there's a cohort B that is remote Monday, Tuesday— at school Wednesday, Thursday, and the remote Friday. So everybody's remote Friday, and basically you got two days in class. So that's what we are doing today here in Salina Public Schools. Um,
2: Although, if you're in a sporting, let's say you're a football kid, you're a, a volleyball, you're a dancer, you're a cheerleader, anything like that, you you do still go to school five days a week. Yes, for, the, for your meetings and yes, things, for your practice. practices yep. and all. So. Uh, so that, to me, is a little unusual when you're set up the way you're set up.
1: Yep. And, and I will say this. Before we get into this, I want to put a disclaimer on this conversation. Anything we say from this point forward is absolutely not directed at any teacher involved in this scenario. I, I understand that teachers are doing their best that they can. I understand that this is very frustrating. This is very difficult that you guys are working long hours, way longer than you're contracted to work and and be paid for in order to make this happen. So we appreciate everything that you're doing, everything that you're trying to do and understand the difficulty that that this is, is causing you. So anything we say is not directed towards the teachers.
2: Well, those school teachers that do understand that many students can't do this, I'm going to just give an example. We, we always say that we're going to talk about our kids more, so I'm going to talk about one or two of mine here. Hal has been struggling with calculus. We only go to school two days a week, and then it's hard to be get information, so we're told to just get him a tutor. I don't think a tutor is necessarily needed if he was in school five days Absolutely a week, Absolutely As correct. usual. Um, now we'll we'll probably end up getting him a tutor, but I can understand the troubles I had with math. Mm-hmm. And if I was only in school two days a week to try to comprehend something that I, that is not going all the way to the top floor for me, it can be a struggle. Oh, absolutely, so, and especially. And so I even think maybe he shouldn't have even taken calculus. Maybe it's a little over what he was doing, should have stuck with. Algebra two or something yep. like that, but anyway, he got stuck in the class. Could affect his grade point average at the end. Could affect a lot of things, and I'm I'm afraid that's happening with a lot of kids. Um, I think one of my other kids, maybe it's Harper, has a little bit of trouble with science. I think she would get it better if she was there five days a week, but at two days a week, she's just yep. not getting it. So it's affecting not only their, it affects. It's going to affect kids' grades. Oh. over the board, you know. Over. I just. I, I don't know what the answer is, and evidently neither
1: does anybody else,
2: but it's, uh, well, it's and, frustrating. Well, and,
1: and I'll, I'll preface Morgan's situation. Morgan's a good student. I mean, she's uh, mostly A with a, a scattered B here or there. Um, so far, it's been good for her. I, As far as, as my knowledge and having conversations with her um, outside of working, doing a lot more homework than she would normally do and working a little bit later on some days, especially during volleyball game days and stuff, Um, So far, she's been okay. But I will tell you, I've seen parents on Facebook and parents of kids who are very bright, in my opinion, that I know historically have been 4.0 students, all that kind of stuff, because they're friends of Morgan, who are literally up until midnight, four nights a week doing work. We played in a softball tournament last weekend in Wichita, and one of the girls on Morgan's team went home Saturday night instead of staying in Wichita. Because she had a homework assignment to do Saturday night, and it wasn't done. So she was doing homework at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night to try to get it done. And this is not a girl who is off screwing around, doing other stuff, and right. just didn't get her work done and waited until the last minute. Because if, this, if she had time to get this done, it would have been done. And when I start hearing about that stuff, I start hearing about people talking about their kids breaking down at the kitchen counter and just absolutely losing it because of the amount of work, and they don't understand what they're doing. This is an absolutely horrible, horrible situation to be in right now. Well, I'll tell you what one of the
2: struggles with with me is, if you do not set and do, and I'm just going to go with stay with math, Um, if you don't completely comprehend algebra, geometry, and calculus, and it's brought home to a parent, and, and they come to us and say, can you help me with this? I am literally zero help. I, I, I cannot do. Yep. I was not a very good algebra student when I was in high school. I tried not to take any college math as little as I could take, um, and just was glad to get through the class, yep. make a C, and uh, and then I never touched it again. And yep. now I'm 50 years old, so it's been 32, 33 years since I've even looked at an algebra. How am I going to help my kids? Yep. I'm I'm probably more hurt them than I'd help them.
1: Yep. Well, and and you bring up a point that I saw something on Facebook today, a friend of mine kind of put this in there. Um, But uh, she had reached out to the district to tell them her story and to plea with them to get kids back to school and discuss the struggles that her kid is having with this scenario. And she got a response back from the principal of the school and their response was, "Well, you need to on the remote days you need to send your kid to the YMCA or to Kansas Wesleyan to get additional help." So now what they've done is they're asking you to go spend another forty dollars or twenty dollars a day. I don't know what it is because I haven't looked at it. So twenty dollars a day on those remote days, plus have your kid around, other kids, other students. Right. Uh, I'm assuming if when everyone, they say Wesleyan, they're talking did about that, Wesleyan,
2: then. Why would they just not go to school?
1: I, guess I, 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 I 100% agree with that statement. So, um, you know, I, the other situation that I that came about was I was talking to a, a friend. And, and here's the funny thing about this, Philip, is that as divisive as this country is today, mm-hmm. nobody can agree on anything. People are protesting mm-hmm. every little thing that goes on out there. Yep. The one thing that I will tell you is more one-sided than anything that I've heard in the last six months. Is we need to get these kids back to school. I have. You bet. I promise you, I have probably talked to four or five hundred people about this topic, and every single one of them want them back in school. Want them back in school. I this want them back teachers, in school. Teachers, students, parents, everybody yeah. wants them back in school. You know,
2: I'm going to tell you something just for their. My kids have always got along fairly well. But they've been four kids from ranging from twelve to seventeen. Um, they are at each other's throat now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's become div- dis, you know div- they fight. I don't know what non-stop. the word is. Yep. It's just nonstop. Somebody's picking on just somebody at all the each time. other all the time. And it's because we they're going to fight over computer time. They got to fight over you know I mean everybody's got their own, but everybody wants the quiet place. And you got four of them trying to go. And so, basically, on the two days that they're off and they get up and do their homework, they're stuck in a corner by themselves. Kids do not want to be by themselves, but then you put all four of them together and it's a constant fight. So, I think even the, the lady that had went and talked to the uh, board, I think she even had brought up maybe that it's just not good for the kids' mental well-being. Mental health, yeah. Their mental health. It's not good to be sitting at home. You've got a, a, a one daughter. She does not want to sit at home by herself no. every day. There's no. no way she does. My four don't want to sit at home with each other all day. Yep. It's just it's caught to the point where uh, we are not helping our kids. And I'm going to tell you something I think, and I, I know it always sounds conspiracy kind of crap, but China's sitting and laughing at us. Just, <laughs> I mean, they think it's hilarious. I didn't see we that We are coming. coming. Here we come. We are passing you guys because you're going to raise the your, – your kids are – I mean, they have to yep. be getting behind. Yeah, I know they're yep. getting behind.
1: Like we, we've talked about before, in, back in the spring, when they started this online stuff, Morgan's classes, their only requirement was that they had to show up like once a week on a Zoom meeting and say, I'm here. Yep. And by the end of the, of the school year, half of her class didn't even make that. So how, do you, how, are you, how are those kids ever, with no supervision at home during the day, if they can't show up for a Zoom meeting to say, hey, I'm here, how in the world is that kid doing any work? At all, I can't imagine that the grades aren't going to just seriously nosedive oh, over this. Have to be unless we're just grading on the biggest curve there ever was. <laughs> but we're
2: we're going on eight months of this. Yeah. Eight months of I mean, because of course the summer's included in that eight right. months. But we're going on eight months of kids being basically quarantined. Hell, can you imagine being quarantined for eight months? Yep.
1: I talked. I couldn't do it. I talked to a kid a couple of weeks ago about what they do when they're actually in school and one of the one of the kids i talked to which i didn't even think about this until they brought it up he said when even when we're in school most of the work is done on the computers because the curriculum has to be set up so that the remote kids can do that stuff as well so they're doing the work on the computers anyway but the teachers, and again, I am not complaining about the teachers. Oh, it's got to be a nightmare the, for them. This isn't what they bargained for. I'll guarantee you. But the you. teachers are on their computers too, because they're answering questions right. from the kids that well, are like, at
2: home. Like I said, Hal, Hal's sitting at home writing them, trying to figure out what in the world's going on,
1: instead of sitting right
2: there in the classroom and being able to ask. I mean, it's and, and it, you know how much different it is when when something doesn't go, doesn't click. And it takes a couple times that you've got to have it explained to you. Explain it to me. Explaining over an internet conversation or an email is not anywhere close to to saying, okay, let me show you how this is done. Now are you starting to get, okay, I'm slowly starting to get it. That's where I feel like he's totally missing
1: out. Absolutely. And and we've been talking about the students, and, and there is nobody that's going to listen to this or that you talk to that doesn't feel like this is a bad situation for the students. But the other thing that I'm really concerned about, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about these teachers getting frustrated and just getting burned out from this situation and, and quitting and not doing not teaching moving forward. Let me tell you a
2: story. You know, I uh, Lisa and I both um, were in the teaching field, which is going to be teachers, so many other occupations pay better. Oh, now there yeah. are such great there's such great benefits for being a teacher. I mean the retirement and the, right. depending on where you're at and the and the um, summer's off. Well, if you the do summer's that. off if yeah. you do get the opportunity to do that. And a I mean I always thought a husband and wife teacher team got a lot of time to do stuff, but not great. Not I don't think anybody's starving to death, but there there are better opportunities out there yeah. for educated people. Especially in today's world, so that's what you're saying is these guys might just end up a lot of Done. them saying, "Hey, yep. this isn't worth yep. it. This is not worth it." There's great yep. opportunity. There's already
1: there. a teacher shortage, and this is not going to help. No. So, nope. well, so, so let, let's uh, pray
2: for your teachers, everyone. Let's
1: let's put a let's put a <laughs> bow on this, and and here's what I here's what I want to say about this. We say all of this, and and all of our complaining, I guess, that we just had to say this. What I don't understand, Philip, is if everybody is on the same page, literally every single person I've asked a question to is on the same page. Why are we still doing this? What is the situation and the reason for us not having the kids at school? I have school? no
2: idea. Because if you are, a, as a parent, feel like that you can't. We still have the opportunity that you can stay home and mobile yes. mobile learning, and I get so it. Keep your kid home if you
1: don't. If you have an you underlying health going, issue, you want them yep. to be at home, and you're willing to take on that challenge, go
2: for it. That's what I say. And if so, if the the parents who are opposed to it, which I have hardly heard any, and I'm sure there are, they're out there. Yep. So I'm not I'm not an idiot. I know there's some out there,
1: but then you have the opportunity to leave your kid at home. Then yep. So, with that said, my only conclusion and if anybody wants to comment on this conversation and wants to talk further with this I'd be happy to have a conversation with them the only possible reason I can come up with is that the school district is concerned about getting sued if somebody contracts the virus at the school
2: well it's already happened
1: so it has so and I'm telling you right now I'm not a lawyer trouble out but I would I would be willing to say and put on record that If that lawsuit were to happen, I cannot imagine the school district being found guilty because I don't know how you can prove that that kid contracted the virus at school. Unless your family literally never leaves the house, ever, and that kid never leaves the house except to go to school and home. If you can prove you've done that for the past month before he contracted the virus or whatever— then, yeah, you may have a lawsuit there, if but you're the nobody person, is going to be able to do that.
2: If you're the kind of person that does
1: that, then you would have your kid at not going to you're, school. You're correct. Yeah, anymore. they're not going to school in the first place. Because
2: I do know there are a few that are doing at home, at home, which is fine. If you feel more comfortable with your kid staying at home full-time, five days a week, that's fine. That's your decision. Yep. But all the rest of us out here that want our kids in school, we should have that decision, I think.
1: Yep. So here's, here's what Philip and I are willing to offer anybody out there listening, because obviously, as you can tell, we are pretty passionate about this and agree on this situation. If there is anything that we can offer or do to help our students in this area get back to school please let us know. Would you be willing to, if, if the schools said, I need you to sign a waiver saying that we're not responsible. If your kid contracts a virus, would you sign that waiver? I would sign it. Absolutely.
2: Had I known that this person that went to the school board was needing people to stand behind her. Yeah. I feel like I would stand right behind
1: her. Yep. too. And Absolutely. Say
2: completely agreeing with her.
1: So if there's anything we can do to help out, we are more than happy to do so. Let us know, you know, speaking of COVID before we get into football, this is just going to take a few seconds, but, uh, you know, uh, and we've talked about this quite a bit, so I'm not going to get into this too much about the numbers and the reporting and where these numbers come from. I saw an interesting story. This was a this was a couple of weeks ago. This was not this past weekend. But uh, our governor came out, it was a Sunday or a Monday, and said there were 23 new deaths reported between Friday and today. So I believe that was a Monday. Yeah. What was interesting about that statement, if you listen to that statement, And the media listened to that statement. The media reported that statement as 23 people died over the weekend due to COVID-19. But there was one key piece of that that she changed, and that was reported. They didn't die that weekend. It was reported. So that number was like two and a half months worth because that weekend in the state of Kansas, one person died on Saturday, zero people died on Sunday. But the way she made it sound was that twenty three people died that weekend, and these are the numbers these people are going by to make piece. those decisions. She's a mouthpiece for um, for you know who she's
2: a she she's she feeds the system i'm I'm not a big fan
1: well I'm and i'm not I'm not going to get into whole <laughs> controlling the narrative right before an election, that sort of thing, but it really makes you wonder um, really makes you wonder when when they come out and report these numbers. And there's something that small that everybody in the media just completely glosses over and starts reporting that 20, 23 people died over the weekend. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, not a good situation to be in. So. All right, well, let's have a little fun. Let's get into football.
2: You know, I, I said earlier we did a poor job of picking scores. Picking scores <laughs> is, is, is a tough deal. I, uh, I had picked for Oklahoma to, to win. My prediction, I think, was something like 51-20. to 20. Now, I wasn't off bad on Oklahoma because it ended up 48 to nothing. But would you have thought Bobby Petrino couldn't score one point against Oklahoma? I, I don't even know. I know going back to the 17 season, we haven't had a shutout since 17 seasons. Now. I would have doubt we had one in the 16 and 15. I didn't look it up. But since 17, we've held in two games, same team, we've held them to three points. Uh, any wild guess who that might be? KU. KU. So that's our that's our least amount of points uh, we help people to three twice KU and sixteen and seventeen. Um, so for me to predict a shutout would be, I would have been a homer for sure. That said, shutout. That's
1: the same KU team. I don't know if you saw this when they played Coastal Carolina, that their starting quarterback came out onto the field with his name spelled incorrectly on the back of his <laughs> I jersey. I saw that.
2: It's hilarious, um, but. Uh, and then I I don't remember what Kevin's prediction was on K State. It
1: certainly was not K State in the reverse. Yes, I had the score pretty policies. close. I just picked the wrong team winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want me to get into that now? <laughs> what was your What was your prediction? I don't remember. It was pretty close to the numbers, but I obviously had the wrong team winning. Yeah. So um,
2: that was a uh, you know that that day that day sort of made me me and me and Kevin had set and we we'd ranked the Big Twelve. From top to bottom. Oh, I, that's changed. I, I'm still leaving Kansas <laughs> at the bottom, and I still have a reflection of my top two are going to be OU Texas, yep. and maybe Oklahoma State. I feel like Oklahoma State's now slipped to three, maybe. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd stay, I'll still say it's OU Texas, OSU, who've made a real substantial fall for me because I thought they would – Iowa State.
1: Iowa State. Being Iowa State. Yeah. I wanted to make fun of them so bad all day Saturday, and then once we lost, I couldn't. Do I don't that. know
2: how far I would drop. I was saying that they could be in that mix of the top three, probably the fourth spot, but now I'm not sure. Yep. It's
1: there. You. I think you. I think you're absolutely right. I think you got the top two. I think you got the bottom one, and you got a log jam in the middle <laughs> right now. Yep. Uh, we we thought, probably man, have a few of those teams reverse. Still but,
2: leaving K State in that four to seven range. Um, yeah, I think because this I weekend think when I'll, the
1: games are played, they're gonna they'll they'll be better than what they showed yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, I I think that I think some things are gonna play out this weekend. I think you're gonna get a better feel for everything, and we still got some teams like TCU and Baylor that haven't even played yet, so yeah. we don't, we still don't know what we got there. So yeah, well let's I'll I'll tell you this. I'll I'll talk a little bit about the K State game. Um, I'm gonna try to not cuss um, in case you have kids in the car. Um, so I'll start with where I was wrong. I was wrong on the defensive backs for sure. I made a comment that I didn't think there was anything to worry about there. But I'm not certain that that def- that, that wide receiver
2: is not going to be playing in the oh, NFL. Oh, he's going to be in the NFL next year. There's so, no doubt. It, that's not a lot but of shame in getting beat I don't, by
1: that I don't think it was him as much as just a big physical receiver. Right. So I think we're right. going to struggle. After watching that game, if we don't change significantly, we're going to struggle against those bigger physical type of wide receivers, which is... A large chunk of the Big Twelve being a pass happy offense. That's that's we're gonna yeah, struggle I saw there. Texas and Oklahoma, they both had good receivers. Um I also said we have no worries with the kicker that he's nails. Yep. So going into that game, he was thirty three of thirty seven in his career on field goals. Um he missed four his entire <laughs> career and he missed two in that game. Yep. So um hopefully he gets that one. That's that's something that can be fixed pretty easily. I, I Hey, if I he's hope in the that NFL that, he'd have been cut. Well, you're right, and uh, there's another kicker that came from K-State that just got signed to the Browns practice squad that I don't understand why he's not kicking in the L, NFL, Matthew McCrane. He's a stud kicker. He's He's been on teams here and there in the NFL, but uh, hopefully he gets another shot because he should well, be kicking. Well, you
2: know Austin Cybert was last year a draft pick by yep. the Browns, had a great yep. year last year, one bad game in the first yep. game of the year, and his butt's gone. gone. Yep. Now, Cincinnati's already signed him, but I yep. just can't believe I mean, if, if we were as quick to pull the trigger – on a
1: defensive back that
2: gives up a touchdown <laughs> yeah. or a – We'd or, be out of defensive backs. Oh, my word. I mean, it just kicker's life must be a scary life.
1: Yep. And I, and I had made two predictions. I said one offensive player, one defensive player that I said, you need to keep your eye on K-State fans because they're making some noise and and they're going to be in the mix when it when it's all said and done. So, I was right on Deuce Vaughn. I said, that's the guy everybody's been talking about. Kleiman came out and said he was the best running back we had of, of the guys that ran the ball – um, he was third string going into the game. I would not be surprised. He may not be a starter this weekend against Oklahoma, but he's going to be starting here pretty soon. There was no doubt he was the best running back on the field. And then uh, Khalid Duke was my other one. He didn't play. I, I'm hearing that it was a, uh, not a not a COVID or an injury. I'm hearing it was a disciplinarian thing, but hopefully he gets a shot to play here pretty soon, and we'll see uh, where he comes out. But I did say that, our offensive line was going to be the problem this year. Four of – or five of the starting six. Got that one right. Yep, nailed that one. Um, (laughs) That was the worst performance from an offensive line that I've seen from K-State since the 80s. My brother was at the game, and he said –
2: first thing out of his mouth, because he came over and watched – he went to that game, and then he came over to my house and watched the uh, OU game with us that night. And the first thing he said when he walked in is, he said, "Man, that offensive line struggled all yeah. day long. Brutal. He said it was terrible. Yeah. And he, you know, watching
1: it live, you can probably really see the it was it was the, bad the problems. So, I mean, we we averaged three yards a carry. Um, our our starting running back Saturday averaged two point seven. Harry Trotter, and he was over four last year. So it was, um. We had some some issues in the past game too. Thompson missed a, a few long throws that I'm literally by an inch or two would have been touchdowns and completely changed the game. Yep. But you've got a senior quarterback, 3-year starter. He's got to hit those passes. And but I will say this to the K State fans listening out there that think we should bench Skylar for a freshman quarterback that's had no spring practice and came in for two plays, one good pass play.
0: Yeah.
1: Step off the ledge. Back up a little bit and wait. I'm not saying there isn't going to be a period of time this season. If it keeps going the way it is that we don't just say we're playing for the future. Cause like I said, I think in two years, they're going to have a very good team. We're not there yet. Just relax. We almost lost to Western Kentucky a few years or Eastern Kentucky a few years ago and ended up playing for the big 12 championship that year and had a shot to go to the national championship. So yes, we lost the game, but relax. Let's not just completely throw in the towel. Um, Let's give it another couple weeks before we start freaking out. So I want to say one other thing about K-State, and I'll let you get into the OU game and what you saw there. But uh, I'm going to tell you one thing that I absolutely loved about this. After the game, um, the Tuesday after the game, uh, Chris Kleiman, the K-State coach, went to a, to a, uh, a press conference, and he said, in his own words, that he's not going to take any shortcuts or he's not going to use any gimmicks to try to get by this year, even if it means we take some lumps this year. He reiterated that he is in it for the long haul at Case state and is not trying for a quick fix to run off to another job. That made me feel pretty good because I, I think he's going to be good. I've heard many times before. I love this guy. That's I think coach he's talk, be good. Kevin. It come is. On. Yeah, I know the KU fans oh, have heard God. that from Roy Williams Larry how many Brown. times Larry before Brown's he left. Larry not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's seven teams yeah, later no. still saying the same no, stuff. No, I do love this guy, and I, and I, I think I, you, I, they're, they're going to be good. Hey,
2: because, he's a, because he's a Midwest guy or whatever, you know, uh, he's this part of the country guy. This could be his dream job, so good, good for him. Uh, Bob Stoops used to say it every year, and I never believed him. I always thought. Uh, Jerry Jones is going to come and get him. The Cleveland Browns are going to come and get him. I didn't think he would leave us for another college because wh- in all God's honesty, it, where would he go? He, co- yep. he played at Iowa State. He's not even – I mean yep. to Iowa. He wasn't leaving Oklahoma to go to Iowa. Yep. Um. So Oklahoma was kind of – and every year, you know, especially back in the early 2000s, 2004, 5, 6, every year, they'd say so-and-so's looking at him, offering him, offering yep. him. And he would always say – I'm not going anywhere. But he would always preface it with, but I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think that he always kept a hook in the water, but yep. he just didn't always bait it real good. Yep. But anyway, that's uh, – I hope he does stick around because it's better for the Big 12. Uh, you've got to have – I mean, the Big 12 has got to improve. K-State's got to be one of the yep. teams that is yep. coming along and doing that. You can't have two or three course.
1: good teams and yeah. then the rest of the conference yeah, will be terrible.
2: Oklahoma can't just – it becomes a – I don't know. It almost is not good for Oklahoma to have won the last four or five because every year they say, "Well, look who they beat." Right. Well, it's it, it would be way better if get beat every now and then and have a very competitive yep. conference.
1: Yep. And whoever comes get out beat on top, by a good team. Top. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so I, I, I mean, would that's not. how your Georgia loses to Alabama right. and still plays in the you still know plays in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So so and that's what our conference needs
2: to do is strive to get maybe four to five top end teams, and we have the potential to do it. K State should be one of them. Um, I don't think is going to get there. But K-State should be one of them. Oklahoma, yeah. Texas should be one of them. Oklahoma State should be one and Probably TCU or Baylor, one or the other. Could yep. be, there could be your top five. I,
1: I think I'll, – I'll be honest with you. and I, I think that – I'm the jury's still out of Matt Campbell for me. I'm not sure that I'm, he's the guy that, that can get I, – I think he's overrated at, up to this point. His record is like one win better than Paul Rhodes was at this point in his career at Iowa State. Yeah. I think K State can get there, and I'll be I honest think with you. The quarterback
2: at Iowa State is a little bit overhyped. Uh, you think?
1: <laughs> but I think West Virginia and Texas Tech. I honestly think both of those schools made very good hires from a head coach standpoint. I also think that I can tell you, for as a K State fan, I did not realize how bare the cupboard was when Snyder Left. got pushed yeah. out, whatever you want to call it, um, until starting to watch last year and now this year even. Um, And you
2: see the talent level. You know, Jimmy, uh, our friend Jimmy, said uh, to us after the game the other day, he said, I'm very happy that they're getting Kansas kids. Yeah. But you cannot win with just Kansas. You you almost overfilled the bucket with Kansas kids because you are not going to beat, and it's not a knock on Kansas kids, but you're not going to beat a a state of Texas with six million kids to pick from. You're just not going to be in with Kansas kids. Nope. It just, it's just it's a different ball game so you got to have it, some of those it
1: kids absolutely is and it's cool to win those Kansas battles against KU and and Nebraska used to do this to a point the the walk-ons who get the scholarships and are a starter and senior are great stories on yeah. ESPN when you play on ESPN in the middle of the day you cannot have a winning program based on walk-ons. That are starting. You nope. can have one or two here or there that do it. You can't have half of your team that was a walk-on as a freshman and sophomore nope. got a scholarship and are now And I'm starting. afraid that's where K-State has went the last few that years. That is, yep. They they took the whole narrative that Bill Snyder can coach, find these diamonds in the rough and coach him up. And you can do that, Phil, when your assistants are Bob Stoops, Mike Stoops, Mike right. Man- or Mark Mangino, that kind of caliber of assistant coach, you can do that. You bet. You can't do that with the coaches, the 70-year-old coaches we had. Right. At the end yeah, of he changed, Senior. and he. So they've got to so. go. And I know that Kleiman knows that. He's going to go out and yep. get some talent. The recruiting is so much better than it used to be. Because the other thing Snyder would do is he wouldn't recruit during the season. He I heard the coaches, that he did go into the houses at the end. Never. His, it just didn't go no. to a house. No, the only time he went in a house last two years was some kid in Austin we were trying to get. And he committed to K State, went to Texas the next weekend, and then decommitted K State, went to Texas. But he wouldn't let the guys coach or recruit in the middle of the season. He said, "You are here to coach the kids that are on the team right now, and we'll worry about recruiting when we're done." Doesn't work. So for five months, we those have kids jets. wouldn't hear from us. We have jets, so yeah. So go see them anyway.
2: Hey, there's a, there was a there's a funny. I love recruiting stories. Guys telling recruiting stories. And, of course, almost all of mine come out of Oklahoma. I'm sure there's great recruiting stories everywhere. They all start at Big Red Motors. But, no, one of my favorite (laughs) ones was um, years ago we were down. um, Coach Switzer was out recruiting. And, you know, he's going on himself. He's down in Texas trying to get a guy back in the 70s. Um, And it could have been somebody like uh, Joe Washington or somebody. Somebody was really good. But he said the night before he went out to his house, he goes, I went out and dug through their trash cans and found out what kind of beer the dad drank. So he said <laughs> he went over there to his house, and he goes, he, when he went in, he said the parents said, uh, and he drank Pearl beers, and he said that uh, the dad says to Barry, says, well, uh, have you, do, would you like anything to drink while we sit down to visit? And he said well, if you've got any Pearl beer, that's the only kind of beer I drink. <laughs> and the dad said, oh, my God, that's the only thing we've got in our house. Uh. So those kind of stories. I mean, but I've heard multiple stories like that on the old recruiting show. Now, I think now it's um, – you're not going to hear them as much yeah. as you used to hear them. But it still read, happens, but you're not going to he hear is, about them. You're not yeah. going to hear these great Barry's,
1: stories. The coaches today aren't out bragging like Barry does <laughs> no. about stuff like that. No.
2: Oh, his are hilarious. But anyway, they go to our game, and like I said, yep. one of the shockers on Missouri State was I thought Missouri State would come in. I had read prior to the game that they had a lot of D1 transfers yep. and are going to be competitive. Maybe they still would be competitive. Um, But Petrino did absolutely nothing. No trick plays. No going for it on fourth down. No fake punt returns. No, I mean, no fake punts. No – he just took his three and outs, and per, and I don't know if he just said, hey, we're just here to take our paycheck and get on back to Missouri State or what, but it was almost like they didn't even try against us. It just gave half effort. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see him get fired up on the sidelines. So we we bought the game. It wasn't on regular television. So we watched the whole thing, and, and I kept saying, oh, they'll do some trick plays. They'll do some, you know, razzle dazzles, yep. this and that. Never happened yep. the entire game, so that was a little bit disappointing to me because I'd like to see Oklahoma got tested a little bit on some of these things, but literally it's like a laydown game. So I thought Spencer Rattler would play more than a half. He goes fourteen for seventeen for two ninety something like that. Four touchdowns in the first half looked great. Um, our starting running back didn't play because of coronavirus, and there was quite a few that was out of coronavirus. So we had a redshirt freshman and a freshman running backs. Who were unbelievable against Missouri State. So who knows? <laughs> but they were really they were really good for freshmen, you know. And so I think Pledger will be back this weekend. So uh, I read an article this weekend. Daily, they said they are we are not worried about our running backs. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about our you know one guy just set out this season who would have been our number one. He's been a back to back thousand yard guy. And right. he's just setting out the season this year. But we also have one that's still on suspension, the Stevenson kid that's Ramadar Stevenson. He's still out because of uh, passing a uh, – didn't pass before the Peach Bowl. Uh, he got caught smoking marijuana. Okay.
1: I, I didn't – I saw that he was going to be suspended, but I didn't know well, what that was Well, he's suspended
2: by the NCAA, not by Oklahoma. The NCAA has got an archaic rule that says that one – one positive drug test, one positive marijuana test, you miss half the season. That's the rules in the, for the NCAA. Yep. You know what's the bad thing about this rule? I'm going to get into this just a little bit right now because I just – Coach Riley's saying it's an archaic rule. I think it's an archaic rule. They, they failed prior to the Peach Bowl when they played uh, LSU. Hey – if I'm fixing to have to play LSU, I'd have probably want to smoke one too. <laughs> yeah. They are really good. Yep. So anyway, but it, so we have Ronnie Perkins, Trajan Bridges, and uh, Stevenson. All three that all three tested positive for uh, marijuana, and uh, and have been suspended for half the year. Did you know? Do you know most kids don't like? There's not a there's not an NCAA thing that goes out and tests every school across the country. Correct. Yep. You just randomly right. get your it's team got completely, picked. And yep. mostly we got picked probably because we were in the Final Four, whatever. So, it, Coach Riley's yep. saying, now I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not going to say exactly what Oklahoma's rules are, exactly what K-State's rules are. But if they if they have a positive test at the university, most of the time what they're going to try to do is bring the kid in and do some counseling with him and trying to help him to make better decisions. But no suspension. Uh, this rule was On the made first one. On the first one. Yep. No suspension. Now, this is a first-time rule from the NCAA that are eliminating kids for half of a year. These rules were made back in 1986, which at the time, no states yep. were legal on marijuana. Today, we have 11 states full-blown. Get her done. 11 states that marijuana use is just fine. 33 others, including Oklahoma, have um, medical marijuana medical, programs. Yep. So... You're talking about a kid that potentially could have been
1: Yeah, if he wasn't you playing know, football, it would have been fine.
2: Would have been fine. Yep. It doesn't it just doesn't make any difference to me. And it's it's a frustrating to me. The the NCAA knowing these rules up the you know the you know whenever they go in and you can say, "Okay, you have 15 milliliters of of THC, THC, in, THC in, your blood. in your system. Yep. The NCAA knowing kids are going to fail, moved that number this year from 15 to 35. So they know yeah. the kids are doing it. Yep. Yet they still have this rule that they'll kick them out of a half of a season. What good does that do for a kid? Yep. And what does it good does it do whenever eleven states in the United States it's perfectly legal. Yep. No different than a kid drinking no. a beer. And that's a, that's the
1: thing in Oklahoma the kid could have went and got his medical card and done it, and it would have been perfectly legal.
2: It's something that's yep. frustrating to them. I th- I really like Ronnie Perkins on our team, uh, defensive guy. Uh, no, he's a, he yeah a defensive end. really good. And Stevenson, of course would probably be our starting running back. Right, he would be the starting running back if he's playing. So so you've got two guys off the team right now off of what I think, and people can think their own thing. You think what you want to think, I'll think what I want to think, but I think it's a stupid
1: rule. Yep. Because kids smoke marijuana, believe it or not. They do it. Well, while you were going off on your rant there, (laughs) I looked it up. I wanted the Rattler versus KU numbers. So – so Rattler far. versus KU. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. The yep. bet we're we looking at. Yep. Yep. So, right now the count is Spencer Rattler four, KU offense three. So he's got the lead got right, right, right out of the game. game so, and I don't know that KU is going to score more than three touchdowns in a game moving forward <laughs> with some of the teams they've got on the schedule. <laughs> no. But uh, oh, I so I don't see them winning. So we'll see we'll do that. Yeah. Who well, could they beat?
2: because all they've got less the Big
1: Twelve. Well, I don't less, see one Big Twelve. Less, team less Miles said after that game that. He felt like they were very prepared for that game. They were out of that game on the initial so they had an interception early on in that game and Coastal Carolina got the ball and scored. The game was over at that point. Yep. Not even in not even a competition at that point. No. At KU. So um I think the old man's I mean, we've we talked about it, whether he's losing it, he's, he's lost it. it's already gone. So, yeah, that's brutal. So,
2: you know who shocked me the most over the weekend? Uh, this past weekend was Oklahoma State and Tulsa. I realized Oklahoma State's quarterback got hurt. That does not mean that Hubbard was hurt. No, and and for them not to have, but Tulsa did a great job of putting a, a middle linebacker on him just one on one and spying yep. on yep. him the whole time, and the kid played a great game. Yep, but uh, but still yet to only scored what they scored, and and some of their points came late when on a fourth, you know. The truth is, Tulsa should have won the ball game. Yep, they can't, they missed yep. two field goals, have a have a touchdown called back on a penalty, had almost a hundred yards in penalties. So their mental ma- errors cost them the ball game. Now, where would we be looking at it right now if we just said Oklahoma State's zero and one and lost to Tulsa? Then what would where would have I moved down the ranking? I'm going to still keep Oklahoma State up there high. Yep, because I think they could potentially be they really potential. good. Yep. But, boy, that was a little shocking to me.
1: Well, let's hear your prediction. So, this is the week before. I'm going to try to get this uploaded tonight. This is uh, Wednesday evening before the uh, K-State OU football game Saturday. If we have a game, rumors now, are. Now, the that, rumors
2: have been that they were thinking about calling it off. But, yep. as of today, they were talking like they were testing today and putting Correct. numbers together today. Uh, we'll probably know tomorrow, I and, think, for sure. Yeah. So, so, I was thinking we would know it by the time we did but this
1: podcast. assuming we have a game. It's at a 11 28, o'clock. 28 point
2: spread is what Vegas yep. has put it at. Yep. So I was looking at it thinking, hey,
1: how many points did Arkansas State score? I don't remember. What was it? 35, 30 something? I, I'm just looking at them. And I'm thinking, trying to forget last yeah. two weekends ago. But I keep think it bringing was it up.
2: 35 to 30. something like that. And I'm thinking, I think Oklahoma will put up at least that. At least 35 that. 31. Yeah, so I'm thinking they'll at least put up what Arkansas State did. And and for me, I think maybe even two touchdowns more. I could see us scoring high 40s. Okay. Now, 28 point spread, that means that K State would be 21 if it stayed right in there where Vegas keeps it. I don't know that they can score 21 after I watched Oklahoma's defense last week. So let me see if I'm that bad. I'm going to say 45 to 10.
1: My prediction is 45 to 20. Okay. <laughs> so, apparently Oklahoma is going to score 45 points here. We're going to be and I, way off. I,
2: I think Spencer Rattler, just watching him, his arm. I mean, we watched the game. Of course, I said we bought it. His arm is literally live. He yep. has got a dead – I mean, he. I think he's going to be something else. And our wide receiver core is – as
1: the normal wide receiver they're good well after the weekend the first thing first text i got was from jimmy saying we should never make predictions again so that one's for you buddy yeah
2: there you go 45 10 from me
1: well we're getting to the end here um this is where we're going to start doing our one last thing and uh i've got an interesting uh, i want to post the link to the video because you have to see the video to fully appreciate this so I'll post a link to the video on our Facebook page. But uh, I, I, this kind of started to go viral a couple of weeks ago. I think it happened um, back towards the beginning of September. But if you haven't heard about this, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, there was a city council meeting. And they opened the floor up to people to come up to the lectern and uh, discuss anything that they felt like needed to be addressed with the city council so I'm gonna play the the audio for you on here. It's about um, it's a couple of minutes long. it's not too long, but uh, like I said, I'll post a video. but yeah, about two hours into this meeting. The man walks up to the, the lectern and this is this is what happens next.
0: I promise I won't take up too much of your time here. My name is Andrew Christensen. Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose <laughs> that we as a city remove the- excuse me, I'm trying to- Yeah. excuse me, sure. come on. <laughs> <laughs> I propose that we as a city remove the name Boneless Wings from our menus and from our arts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around to pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from, it grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo style chicken tenders we can call them wet tenders we can call them saucy nugs or trash we can take these steps and show the country that where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long and we know it because we feel it in our bones thank you
1: that is pretty good. Saucy and he And
2: he actually got on there and told the people laughing. Oh, shut oh up. that's hey, the best part of the video. He is is admonishes
1: the people that are laughing at him <laughs> when he goes up there. That's the best part of the whole thing. Oh, so, my word. So two weeks ago, we started a revolution to uh, bring back the party ball. Hasn't really gone too far from what I can tell. But uh, let's see if we can't uh, help this guy out and yep. rename boneless chicken wings to saucy nuts. got to think of something. Saucy nuts. My
2: 30,000 points at Buffalo Wild Wings that I've got right now, <laughs> we should probably go down and have a uh, – we do one of our live podcasts down there. Uh, last yep. thing I've got, a little more serious, Um, this is for my back home people that ever listen to this, but had a kid get uh, – had a kid that All-Stater – actually, I yeah, ended up graduating from Atlanta, but went to Asher his whole life – Um the kid named Mark Brennan was killed last night um, in the parking lot of Buffalo Wild Wings by chance in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Great kid. Had just been up here in Salina a few weeks back working. Got to see him and had hadn't seen him in several years. Just a sweet, great kid. From the reports on Channel Nine News in Oklahoma last night, they said that he, uh, his this a girl. I don't know if they what what the situation was. Ran over him and potentially backed back over him. Ran over him again. And by the time the emergency people got there mark had passed away and so he's a great kid that all of us uh, all of us that have grew up in Asher loved Mark Brennan and so it's a it's a sad story whenever I heard that today and uh, really feel for his parents and uh and his daughter and uh, and and his and his sister and uh, makes me sick so anyway don't be murdering that's, that's I guess that's my point here don't be murdering because Man, I, it, it just, it, you just can't believe that people can do the things that they can do to each other. It just makes you sick to your stomach to see what people can do to each other. For, peop, for guys like Mark, who was a great, great guy, um, but gone too young, 40 years old and gone.
1: Well, I can tell you that uh, I've been pretty upset when I've left Buffalo Wild Wings before here in town, but not that bad. Not that bad. No, nope. no. So,
2: so I, you know, I hope she get if it's if it is what it is. I hope she gets what's coming to her because she she killed one of the good guys. I'll guarantee you.
1: Well, that brings it into the podcast. Uh, thanks again to Rustin over at Thrivent Financial for sponsoring us this this season. And again, please give him a shout if you have any financial needs or uh, need anything, and we'll get him on the podcast here in yeah, a couple can't weeks. Can't wait to get him on. We've here. Uh, we're working on something interesting. I think that uh, we're going to do a wine tasting event on our podcast here in a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, I've got a friend who's doing. Uh, some some wine things we'll we'll get into it there there's a reason that we're focusing on that specific product that we'll get into on that podcast but we're going to try to get that done um if I, nothing
2: else we can be back up we'll be back up live at um Great life again. Yep. Great and, and life status come, ba- we'll us us come back. We'll try to come back. They don't care how many times we come, so. and we'd love for people to come up there and see us up there because we can do up there on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights. Yep. or Whatever.
1: Well, I, I entered a cornhole tournament too that I thought maybe we could uh, maybe do a live uh, podcast from from that tournament for one of the local. Uh, youth baseball teams here in town. So I'm going to work on trying to get that set up as well. But and uh,
2: coming up this Friday, me and Kevin will be in another golf tournament. So we'll have something else to tell you about. I'm going to try to help a little bit more on this next golf tournament. We're playing down at McPherson at Turkey Creek on uh, Friday,
1: Friday afternoon. Yep. So, so we'll, uh, we'll uh, update you on that one when we come back and we'll be back in two weeks uh, for episode number three. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Phillip project podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.